bit on faith and understanding faith and how faith works, and I want to just continue on that, but um, today's message is going to end off showing you how to protect your heart. Because we want to protect what we believe. Because what we believe is what determines how we live our life in this world. Your faith is what manifests uh, the supernatural in your life. So your belief, and I, I want to just explain this, this is what I said last Sunday, um, and I want to just advise you to, to get the message, last Sunday's message, for those of you that are here for the first time, you don't pay money for it, you just, if you want to give something you can, otherwise just, um, just order it, we'll make it for you, we'll send it to you. If, you. if you plan never to come again, just put your address, we'll post it to you. <laughs> Amen. We, we want you to have this. And what I, what I said last Sunday was that your faith is not what gets God to do something for you. I want to say that again. Your faith is not what gets God to do something for you. Your faith is what allows your heart to receive what God has given you by His faith. Okay. <laughs> so healing is not by your faith. It is the faith of Jesus that brought forth healing for the whole human race. It is not by your faith that you've forgiven. The faith of Jesus brought forth forgiveness for every person. But when you are persuaded of it, your heart will allow you to make use of it. Amen. It's like I, I, I used this example last Sunday. I said, if you... Say you've got kids, I've, I've got kids, and you want to go away for the, for the weekend, and now you've got, or somebody said to you, listen, we, um, we, we booked you guys in for a weekend away somewhere. Okay, but it's just for you and your wife. So the kids cannot go with you, and it's for free, in a five-star place. Very nice, best treatment, the whole thing. Paid for, you can go. And, um, but now you've got kids, you need somebody to babysit your kids. And you've got a very good friend, and he offers to um, babysit your kids. He will look after your children. And, um, but the problem is, there's a word about him that 10 years ago he molested children. Now, you, w- will you allow him to look after your kids? I mean, he offers it for free. With the best of intentions, he will look after your kids. But somebody says that, Ten years ago, he molested two children. He has not been found guilty, but there's just this word about it. You see, even if he offers it for free, even if it's not true, even if he's never done that, your heart will not allow you to make use of what he offers for free. So it's for free. I give it to you. And he's not saying, well, if you don't believe in me, then I'm not going to look after your kids. He doesn't say that. He doesn't care if you believe or not. He wants to give it. He has already given it. It's available. Faith is what will, what, what will allow you to make use of what is given for free. Amen. So now, when our hearts get persuaded of who God is and uh, of the truth about God, our hearts will allow Him. Like, say God tells you, listen, don't worry about your money. That's my worry. Okay. <laughs> Will your heart allow God to take care of your finances? Or are you going to stress all the time? Now, if, you, if your heart does not allow you, if, if your heart does not allow God to take care of your money, you always stress about it, ask yourself the question, why does my heart not allow God to take care of this? 
Why do I always want to stress about it? And you will, you will see that there's something that you believe about God that makes you not trust Him. There's some information that you've received that's taking away God's credibility in your heart in that area of life. Maybe when it comes to healing, you know, God's got a lot of credit and you've heard the right word about God is a healer and all those type of things. And you can receive healing, you live a healthy life and all those type of things. But when it comes to money, maybe you've been brought up in a house where it always says, as iemand jou vrou, hoe gaan dit? Dan sê jy nie so arm maar I mean, it's everywhere. I mean, you can't say that in English. Sorry, you know. So, so Afrikaans is the heavenly language. So, it's only in heaven where they speak it. So, anyway, so, so if you've been brought up with so arma daram, I mean, you... Your, your heart will not trust God in that area. And if you've been brought up with a teaching that says, if you don't pay your tithes, and if you don't give money to the church, then God will never give anything to you, and you know that you didn't give enough over the last couple of years, your heart will not allow you to receive from God. Your heart will not allow you. Because you, you're disqualified, and you look at God and you think in your heart that He will never give it anyway. Where it is not for him to give it now. He has already given it and he cannot take it back. He's already given it 2,000 years ago and he cannot take it back. For him to take back what is given, Jesus needs to stop to exist where he is today. Because what God has given to you is the resurrected Jesus and his life is your life. His life is the reference of your life. So if you, that's what it says in Colossians 3. Look at Jesus who is your life. So you look at Him, He is your life. That's what He gave. But can your heart allow it? Your heart will allow it in connection with what you believe about the person of God. What type of God He is. If you think He's just a, 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 a difficult God, you know, that's not full of loving kindness, that's not friendly, and all those type of things, your heart will not allow you to receive from Him. I remember years ago, I was thinking, man, I can't ask God these little things. You know, thank you God that He will help me with this, or thank you God that He will help me with that, because, you know, you can only speak to God about big things. No, no. God, why did I believe that? Because I, I didn't believe that God was a friendly God, and my heart wouldn't allow me to ask God certain things, or to speak to God about certain things. Amen. If you think that God is a sin-conscious God, you know what you will do when you sin? you will stop to pray and stop to go to church. Because your heart will not allow you to receive something for free from God, the message of His love, because it condemns you. I've seen it so many times when it comes to church and prayer. Years ago, I mean, when I, when I used to pray and, I would, uh, um, and do something wrong, the next day or during that day, I will not pray for two days. Because I feel guilty. And after I feel that I've paid for my sin by feeling bad for two days, then I'll start to pray again. Yeah, yeah you've, you've, I've had enough remorse, regret. You know, there's a difference between the word repent and regret. <laughs> and we think, you, we think we need to regret to be saved. No, no, just repent. Repent means change your mind about what you believe about the sin. 
You believe that God's keeping the sin against you. No, repent. He does not. He's taken it away. So, the way you see the Father is the way, uh, will is the determining factor that will allow your heart to receive from Him. If you believe God's a rapist, you will not trust Him with your children. We've heard teachings like God will allow sickness. God will allow cancer. God will allow hard times to teach you. And then, after that, we say, you know, give your children over to God. It's impossible. You cannot do it. And now we struggle because we've got another teaching that says, if you don't believe in God, you're going to go to hell. So now you try your best because you don't want to go to hell and you can't trust Him. So now what do you do? Now you fake it. Yeah, you, you, you just fake it. You know? So that, we, we, I hope I can fake God in some way. And then when I die one day, then He's even going to see my heart so I don't even have confidence that the, when the day I die, that I will know, you know, that I'm not going to go to hell. I mean, how can we live like that? That's not what God intended for us. Okay, so once we started to get the correct information about God, what happens to us is we start to believe. So first we've, we've got faith, and I want to explain faith and belief quickly. Faith is to be persuaded about something because of an, an argument. That's what it says. Or it means to have credibility. Correct information that brings forth credibility. So when we look at God and we look at what He's done in Jesus, that brings forth faith. You don't have to try to have faith. Faith is a persuasion that comes when you get certain information. Hallelujah. That, that, that's the way it is. You know, if somebody does certain things to you for a long enough time, the information that you get through, the way he talks to you, the way they deal with you, will bring a certain persuasion about that person. If it's a good persuasion, then the next step that happens naturally to us is we believe. The word believe means to trust or we have peace. So now when God comes and He tells you, listen, don't worry about this, we will have peace in our hearts because His character allows our heart to rest in what He says. It's like Niku. I mean, I trust Niku. I, I, I can see in what he's done, um, how he takes the gospel and everything and how he shared the gospel here, the passion in his heart. And all that information gave me a certain persuasion about him. That persuasion makes my heart go to rest if he must preach here the next four or five Sundays. Okay? My heart, I trust, I rest, I've got peace. Okay? There's absolute peace. So, the Bible says that we guard our hearts or our minds by the peace of God. So, the way we're going to protect our heart is by walking in peace. So, you must always have peace. Now, what is peace? Peace is also not something that you can decide to have. I've tried to fake it, you know. Like, I must go somewhere, and um, uh, I remember when I, last time I went to the U.S., I needed money to go to the United States, and I didn't have money, and you know, those tickets there is very expensive and everything, I didn't have enough money. And I was thinking about this, I, I don't have this money, and I was, in my heart, there was an anxiety. But, what happened was, now I say, no, I've got peace, hallelujah. No, I've got peace, Amen. I'm just a guy that stresses that say I've got peace. I don't have peace. Peace is when your mind goes to rest. 
Okay? When I think the things, yes, but, yes, but, yes, but, when that's not there anymore, that's when you know you've got peace. Now, the, the, the word for peace means, this is the meaning of peace, it, 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 it talks about tranquility, and also talk about not having any debt. It's the emotion of, I don't owe anything. So when will we have peace in our finances or about, about anything in life? Is when we don't feel indebted. When we don't feel we owe anything. So how are we going to protect our hearts? By listening to a message that doesn't make you guilty. So if a message makes you guilty, you are not protecting your heart. Amen. If a message makes you feel guilty, if a message makes you feel, oh, I haven't prayed enough, I haven't done this enough, I haven't done that to get a breakthrough, I haven't, we haven't gathered together to get a, 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 a revival, we should pray more. Listen, that you, anything that disqualifies you is dangerous for your heart. Because the peace of God protects our minds. It protects our belief. The peace of God. So how do we know if something is dangerous or not? If it takes away your peace. In other words, if it takes away your innocence. If it doesn't declare you innocent and fully qualified. It's dangerous for your heart. And the Bible says, protect your heart above all things that must be protected. Because once that happens, you, I mean, once we believe that God's a good God, then we will be able to make use of everything that God has for us. From the platform of peace is where we make use. Amen. You cannot have somebody babysit your kids if you don't have peace about it. In the same way, you cannot have God take care of health in your life if you don't have peace about it. In the same way, you cannot have God take care of your finances if you don't have peace about it. You will, your heart will not allow you. So once you have listened to, to, to enough messages about how good God is, and He has shown His goodness, and you receive this goodness into your heart, then you need to protect that now. How do we protect it? By judging as if what is said produces peace. If it doesn't produce peace, don't meditate upon it, don't look at it, don't listen to it, get it out of your life. It doesn't matter if the guy who says it wears a 2,000, the 20,000 rand suit. doesn't matter if he flies a jet plane. The problem is why we listen to very successful people is because success has got great credit in our hearts. And now a successful person will talk rubbish... And our hearts will allow the rubbish. How big somebody's church is, how many people listen to him, is no indication as if what he's saying is the truth or beneficial for you. If what he says, I don't care what he drives, if what he says doesn't give, give God great credibility, you cannot listen to him. And I'm not against other preachers. I'm talking about a message. The Bible says in John, uh, 1 John chapter 4, verse 1, it says, Don't believe every spirit, but test the spirit, because there's an antichrist in this world. And I want to explain an antichrist. He says, Who is an antichrist but he that does not believe that Jesus came in the flesh? Now, what does that mean? 
That means the following. A person who's an antichrist or preaching an, an antichrist message, the message is simply anti-Jesus. That's all it is. We're waiting for some guy here in, in America or the Middle East to rise up. No, no. First John 4 says the antichrist is already in the world. And that was written almost 2,000 years ago. But Satan got it right to, for us to think it's going to be some man somewhere. In the meantime, the Antichrist is nailing the people all the time. The Antichrist is anti-Jesus. Anti-Christ. What is the spur of Antichrist? A person who says, Jesus did not come in the flesh. Now what does that mean? Now that's, that's somebody who believes Jesus never came. Let me give you a good Antichrist message. If you do these five things, then God's going to bless you. That's anti-Christ. Because it's anti what Christ has done for you. Because Christ says, I've done this for you and I give it to you for free. Now people are anti that and says, no, no, no. I'm anti the fact that God did everything that you can be blessed. You need to do these five things before you can be blessed. It's anti-Christ. It says, don't believe every spirit. For there's a spirit of Antichrist. The spirit of Antichrist couldn't come before Christ was born. Before Christ was manifested. Before Jesus rose up. Because that's only when you can be anti-Christ. When there is a Christ. That's why it came. That's why it came at a certain time. Because Christ had to be manifested for people and doctrine to be anti-Christ. Hallelujah. So... When our hearts are established in the unconditional love of God and how much He cares for us and how He's given everything for free, then we only listen to stuff that produces the emotion of having no debt. The word peace is the Greek word means prosperity. One of the meanings is prosperity. Okay, why prosperity? Prosperity speaks of You've got more than enough and you're not indebted. Think of all the debt you've got now. And think if I can tell you now, you've got no more debt anymore. Everything's paid. Somebody comes, the bank's write you, a bank writes you a letter, tell you, we are so glad that you paid off. Imagine you get a letter that you've paid off all the money and can we invest the extra 500000 that's been placed in your bank account for you? I'm not indebted. Hallelujah. That is the word peace. And the, the gospel is called, according to Romans 10 verse 15, the gospel of peace. The gospel of mankind is not indebted anymore. Bless God. And the Bible says, the peace of God will protect us. Thank you, Jesus. That's how we know. We're not giving over to the spirit of Antichrist. Hallelujah. I, I mean, I've preached many messages that's Antichrist. In my life. I did. It was anti what Jesus has done for us. I mean, if I tell you now God's going to give a breakthrough, a, a revival over South Africa, if we do this, that, that's Antichrist. It's anti-Christ. I said on, on, on the Christ cake, I made messages, I said, listen man, we are so seeking a revival. 
We are so seeking this thing to come down. It's like when we are in the... Um, my, I always taught my kids, if you get lost in the shopping mall, don't look for me. Just stand still in one place. Because if you look for me and I look for you, we're never going to find each other. Let me do the seeking. The Bible says God came and he, to, to seek and save those that were lost. Amen. He came and He was seeking after us. And now we're begging Him to, to throw something out of the air that we can be blessed. As if He never wanted to bless us. That's wrong. That does not produce peace. If it does not produce peace, what's going to happen? It's going to influence your heart. What is your heart? Your heart is your belief system. It's going to influence what you believe about God. Let me tell you this, if you allow a message that brings condemnation and judgment to your life, shows you all your mistakes and all your faults all the time, your heart is going to start to change towards God. You're going to believe different things about God. You're going to start to believe things about God that's not true about Him. Sorry for nailing on the revival thing, but I want to just say this again, since we're on that. I'm always nailing the tithe, but let's get to the revival. If we say God will pour out a revival on this planet, if everybody in the church, all the churches in South Africa can just stand together, then He's going to pour out a revival. There's a couple of things we're going to believe about God. Your heart, your subconscious mind, hears what is said and it hears what is not said. So it hears God's going to pour out a revival and it also hears God's angry. Isn't it? Because why is He not pouring it out? That's how we are, you know. If you come home, now, man and vrouw is nog getrouwd, nee? Married. And all of a sudden you hear your, wa- your wife wash the dishes with, with violence. <laughs> then, you hear the dishes being washed with violence, and your heart hears there's something wrong. Isn't it? That's how a human being is. We don't communicate only on what is said. We, we function from emotions and things that's not said as well. We read between the lines all the time. That's what we do. So, if we read between the lines and God says He's going to pour out the revival, what do we say? Well, He's not pouring out now. Okay, why is He not pouring it out? No, we don't know. Then we start to look at sin and we look at, okay, there's not enough unity. Okay, so in other words, God will keep salvation away from people on the basis of how two other people relate to each other. So you start to believe, your belief system starts to get programmed with information where your heart believes He's a sin-conscious God. He's a sin-conscious God. And tomorrow... Your child's in a motor car accident and you want to pray and you want to believe that this child's going to get out of intensive care. But your heart will not allow it because you will think, why did this happen? What sin do they have? This might not be cognitive, but it will be in your subconscious mind and your mind will not allow you to receive or make use of what God gave by the faith of Jesus. Amen. So that's why it's so important to see that our hearts are guarded. The Bible says in uh, 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 Proverbs, it says, Guard your heart above all things. Now what does that mean? That means above your children, 
above your wife, above your business, above your own life. Guard your heart. We guard what we believe by hearing a message of peace. Thank you, Jesus. Not a message of how God finds fault with the earth. Not a message of a message of peace. The Bible says clearly when Jesus was born, peace on earth and a good reputation for every man. Goodwill. In the Greek, you can go and study it, it says to be of reputation. So, when Jesus was born, the angels in heaven, which did not have to interpret scripture, that they could have made a mistake, looked into the heavens, they looked at Jesus, and this was the conclusion. Glory to God in the highest. On earth, peace and goodwill to every man. That's the conclusion at the birth of Christ. Peace on earth. So if you hear any, I mean, if it's a heavenly message, it must be in line with what those heavenly hosts have said. Peace on earth and a good reputation to every man. So when you come to a service on a Sunday, you want to hear about the peace there is from God's side towards you. You want to hear how you're not indebted. You want to hear how free you are. And you want to hear who Jesus is and then connect your life to who He is for He is your life. And that will protect what you believe about the very person of God. You know, I've, I've said it, seen it so many times. You can say to somebody, listen man, this guy, he's a good guy. Okay, say you want to do business with somebody and you ask your friend, listen, this guy, you did business with him, is he a good guy? Man, he's an absolute good guy. He loves his wife, he loves his children, he's always at the sport with them. I tell you, he, when you go to his house, you will see this guy loves his wife so much, he does everything for her. He, he cleans, he washes her car, he does everything, he's such a good guy. Okay, and as pertaining to business, no man, he robbed me. He robbed me. So you heard a lot of good things about the guy, but one bad thing. Now you can't trust him. <laughs> so listen, you can't go to a place, you can't listen to messages which is not grace-based. Finished. And I, and I want to say what Joseph Prince says. He says, God told him to preach grace radically. You need to hear a radical grace message. A radical grace message. Not, not this thing of, well, we, we, we don't want to make anybody angry. No, no, we preach the thing as it is. Jesus took away the sin of the world. And if Jesus took away the sin of the world, what happened? The sin of the world has been taken away. Amen. Yes, but you know, you, God cannot bless you because you've got sin. Antichrist. Antichrist. That's it. Rather say, because you've got sin, and because you don't believe that Jesus took away the sin, your heart will not allow you to be blessed. You can say that. I'll just read a verse here in Romans. If you want to write this down, you can write down John 14, 27. Jesus says there, my peace I give you, not as the world gives, but my peace I give you. 
So what does what the word peace mean? Not to be indebted. Or, to, or tranquility, absolute peace. Jesus said, He didn't say go and get your own peace. Make peace. He says, My peace I give unto you. Hallelujah. Go and study the word give in the Hebrew. I studied it the other day. It, it consists out of three Hebrew characters. One that's a picture of a fish. Nun. Okay. And Tav. It's a picture of a cross. And then Nun. The picture of a fish. The Christians called themselves... Uh, um, used the, the sign of a fish. That's why the sign of a fish is a Christian. Then they used it because the, the fish... That fish speaks of offspring. We His offspring. That's why the Christian said we are His offspring. That's why they used that. So look at this. What does the word give? Fish, which speaks of a man, the offspring of God. A man, and a man, and a cross. That's Golgotha. That's where Jesus hanged. A man, a man with a cross in the middle there. That's the word give. God sees giving as Jesus, man. And what is done upon the cross. That's giving. He gave to us. He says, my peace. I give unto you. Then I like what he says, not as the world gives. How does the world give peace? The world system is the law system of qualification by your works. He says, my peace is not based on your works. My peace is based on my giving to you. I give you, this is the gift that God gives, I give you absolute tranquility between me and you. I give you an emotion that you will never ever have to feel indebted to me and that I am well pleased with you and that the reputation of Christ is assigned to your name. Bless God. Amen. If this doesn't make you happy, at least God and me, we're happy about this. <clears throat> I want to just end off with this. Um, Luke chapter 8 verse 48. You can just write this down. <clears throat> Luke eight forty-eight. Woman comes to Jesus and the same in Luke 7.50. woman comes to Jesus. She touches his, the hem of his garment. And she was scared. And, G, and, and she got healed. The issue of blood stopped immediately. So she got already healed. Then Jesus said to her, Be of good cheer. Your faith has saved you. Okay? Your faith has saved you. So what does that mean? Healing was always there. But she had a sickness. But when she was so persuaded of his goodness, that... She knew that He will not judge her to like break the law of that time. Even if I'm disqualified by the law, I'm not allowed to be in town, that my disqualification is not going to tamper with what He gives me. Okay? She came and touched the hem of His garment and she was healed. And listen to what Jesus said to her because He wanted her to keep her healing. He said, Go in peace. Yeah. Oh, hallelujah. Go in the emotion that you're not indebted. The same word there was used when Paul the Apostle was in jail. <clears throat> and then when, there was, when they were in jail, then the, remember the, 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 the doors went open and Paul shouted to all the prisoners, don't go out. They did not go out. And then the next day they were released. Then the, 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 the big shot said, listen, you guys can go in peace now. What does that mean? That means, listen, from now on, you can go, we find nothing wrong with you, and we will not, is it, is it prosecute for folk? We will not prosecute you for anything anymore, because you're not guilty at all. So you can now, I mean, if they escaped from jail, how would they have walked in town? 
They would have been hiding, running. Why? Because there's a consciousness of sin. There's a consciousness of guilt in their hearts. But when the, when the, the gatekeeper said, listen, you can now go in peace. What does that mean? That means that from the top, they, he's got the, the authority to say you can be free and that the top guy doesn't see you as guilty anymore. So Jesus said to the lady that had the issue of blood, after she was healed, go in peace. Go in peace. Go knowing there's no condemnation for you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And that's how He healed her heart. And that's how she will continue to walk in that, in, in that healing. Sin in the New Testament is not defined by breaking the law. Sin in the New Testament is defined by, by unbelief in who He really is. That's what the word sin means, to miss the mark. When you believe that God just brings His hard times over you to teach you, you're just missing the mark. That's why Jesus said to the woman, uh, uh, to, to the man that was healed in John 5, He said, Go and sin no more, lest something worse happen to you. What He was actually saying to him is, Go in peace now. Because the sin that you will commit is unbelief in what Jesus Christ has done. If he looks, walks in unbelief in who Jesus is, his heart will allow all types of things to, to happen to him. I mean, I look at my son, you know, and with this thing on his chin. My heart allowed me, my heart allowed that to happen to him. That he can be healed. And you know, after I prayed there, there was peace. Absolute peace. And he got healed. Amen. Now, what's a wonderful thing about the gospel is, should he not have been healed? The peace, that's the ruling peace in my heart, is the peace that I'm not defined by what happens to me in this world. Amen. So I'm not, if he's not going to be, oh God, you know, something wrong has happened. It's like Jesus hanging upon the cross. My bones stare at me. But I believe in you. Because His Word has got more authority than what happens to me in this world. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's just end off with Colossians 3, verse 14. So peace, the message of no condemnation, we protect our heart by hearing a message of no condemnation. It says in verse 14, And above all these things, put on charity, which is love, which is the bond of perfection, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also you are called in one body, and be ye thankful. Is let the peace of God rule in your hearts. So who's the ruler of your belief? A ruler is the guy that allows or don't allow. Isn't it? He rules there. He says what goes, and what doesn't go? He's the boss. So what is the boss of our belief? It's peace. If it's not okay with peace, it cannot be allowed. If it's not okay with peace, peace casts it out. So make peace the boss of your belief system. Peace is the emotion of not being indebted. So if somebody comes to you and brings things over your life, teachings like this or that or whatever, 
you know. I, I mean, I, I, I spoke to, to, to Lynn, you know, she, she went to a, a place in the Nordtransvaal, she came back, and you know what they taught her there? You need to pray three hours every morning. And they've got them prayer inspectors. If you don't pray in the Spirit, then you get called in because you don't pray in the Spirit. It's not a spiritual prayer. Oh, goodness. And then those three hours, most of it, you must pray for Israel. Listen, man, three hours is not enough to get Israel to change. Yes. That's it. That's it. Walk away from that by not believing. Okay, because certain, there are certain situations where you cannot walk away. What if Ines now condemns you? You're going to leave him now. <laughs> you see, um, so what you walk away is you walk away from what he says. If he would say something condemning to us. But there's other situations where it's not, you don't have to be there. You just, you just leave, you know. So, um, this is what it says. Let peace be the ruler of your heart. Okay? If it's business-wise. I, I've looked. It's just a very easy way to judge. If you, first thing you do is you get the gospel of grace into your belief system by listening to it over and over and over and over. Okay? Until it settles in your belief, not your mind, when you start to believe in line with the way God believes about you. To the point that if you should do something wrong, that you don't feel not righteous anymore. So once grace, and this is what I say, once grace is established in your heart through, the, through what Christ has done for you, you protect that by this message of peace, of not being indebted. You didn't get saved by God condemning you. You don't love people that condemn you all the time. So how will you allow God to be your God if what you hear condemns you all the time? Cannot work. Amen.